We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line and Matters podcast, where we are devoted to your success. On today's uh, session, we are going to be talking about sourcing content and thought leadership, things along those lines. Now, if you listen to our last episode where we talked about using PLR for content in your business, in your life, that is one way that you can find how to use PLR or how to use content, how to source content for what you're putting out. But there's so many different ways that we can look at finding content. Sometimes it's taking what's out there in the news and creating content based on what is current in the news. Right now, as we are recording this podcast, the airlifts from Afghanistan are currently happening. The Special Olympics are currently happening. There's a lot of different things going on in the world as it relates to current events. Now, depending what it is that you are trying to talk about, you may be in a position to develop pieces of content based on what is going on in the world. If you're looking at leadership, which is one of Daniel's areas of focus, looking at the Special Olympics and the way that these athletes, whether it's the Paralympics or it is the regular Olympics or any sport, the leaders that come up in the sporting world display unbelievable amounts of leadership. So you can write content or give a presentation using what is going on in the world just based on that. I mentioned two areas just as we're recording this podcast of current events. And so you see how I immediately invoked current events into developing content you can build out more content based on where you are. But there's a lot of other sources as well that you can look at to help you find pieces of content that you can start to generate. So, Daniel, I'm going to ask you to start with you. There's so many different places that we can generate content from. Can you give us one or two ideas where else you may look find specific pieces of content that may be beneficial to you and our listeners. Yeah. And then we're talking about the end result of uh, trying to put out some of your own thoughts so that you become seen as a thought leader. Uh, people pay attention to you, right? Exactly. Uh, 
So some things that I do, of course, this works really well for me. All right. Um, I am just a very fast reader. Something It's one of my skills. I can read very fast. I can assimilate information very fast. I can then um, synthesize that into my own thoughts and I can spit it back out very quickly. It's just something that I've always been very good at. Uh, so some things that I do are um, I set up Google alerts on different topics. I've got some keywords that I follow on a regular basis and I've got um, daily digests that Google sends me and shows up in my email. So every day I get a whole digest of all kinds of articles that Google has found posted across the internet on different keyword topics. And so sometimes I'll just skim the headlines um, and that gives me some insight into what people are talking about, what people are thinking. Uh, sometimes I'll actually go read the article because I'm kind of interested myself. Uh, but that gives me some ideas of what are people writing about? What are they talking about? What are they thinking about? And it helps me stay current then in some of the trends that my uh, prospective clients and even my current clients are thinking about and worried about. And you can't see inside somebody else's head, even when you're sitting across the table from them, let alone if they're on the phone or if they're halfway around the world while you're trying to work with them. So that's one tool that I use to try to stay current and to try to come up with some of my own ideas to become a thought leader. And that's a great one. Are you also using hashtag monitoring on Twitter and social media in general? I'm going to write that, that down. <laughs> I have there you go. <laughs> I, I gave that up for some reason. <laughs> I mean, the world is still very much still tweeting, whether it's, you know, posting content on Twitter with hashtags or looking at LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn has hashtags as well that you can be following uh, specific topics on as well. And there's services like mention.com that also will watch specific content pieces, uh, whether it's looking for your name, whether it's looking for hashtag, whatever it may be, that's uh, certainly something you can look at. Patricia, what about you though, in terms of sources? Well, Dan brought out some really good points. Yes, you do need to be following some of the important topics in your industry you know, from external sources, you also have to be talking with your, your clients, your prospects in order to even come up with what topics to follow. You know, so for example, um, I'm working with people in construction and because construction is such a labor intensive business, hiring and keeping those those um, you know workers is a huge deal. So we have some statistics in that um, you know two-thirds of the workforce is looking for jobs and then on the other side of the coin you have people who are you know running a business and can't find people to hire. So what is the problem? What's the bottleneck between these two statistics? You know, and that's something that I will be exploring um, in the very, you know, in the coming days and weeks. And it's going to it's going to be a big issue, I think, for my prospects in the construction industry. 
So it's something I'm going to explore in depth. So asking questions. Absolutely. And then, right. And then as you also look in the construction industry, as an example, the economic pressures, right? The cost of every, everything going up. You've right. got lumber that's going all over the place on the futures market, which is causing <laughs> everything to get more expensive. You've got labor that they're hiring people, and sometimes they have to pay more per hour to the people that are there. And so that's more expensive. So you've got the various economic pressures that you want to be following and how that may make a difference just if you're writing to the construction um, and housing markets. Right, um, right. Real estate would be closely involved in that as well because new home starts and all of that has a difference to the real estate market as well. Now, right. here's another really interesting place to get thought leadership ideas listening to a podcast like this one, right? When you listen to what is going on on the podcast world, it's amazing the stuff that's being spoken about because you see where the market is going in terms of what you're trying to get. Now, let me ask you from a different perspective as it relates to thought leadership right? That's one of these buzzwords out there these days, thought leadership. What exactly does thought leadership mean to you? And then we'll jump off more from there. So to me, it means being seen as a go-to source. So people have a topic in mind, they have a question, and I want them to think to reach out to me or to read my blogs or, you know, something else. Um, if, a, if a reporter is writing an article uh, for their publication and they need uh, an expert to quote, I want them to think of me. So that's what thought leadership means to me. A great answer. Patricia, let me ask you the same thing. Well, I would have said it pretty much verbatim what Dan just said, but <laughs> I would have to say that it is being cognizant of different sides of an issue and, you know, talking about it, however it is that you're talking about it. It could be, you know, social media, it could be uh, blog posts, it could be live streams, it could be a podcast, whatever it is. But you're, you're, you know, you're getting your, uh, you know, finger on the heartbeat of your industry, and you're able to address issues that are actually of concern to them. And therefore, you know, they start to pay attention to you. Great. I want to go back to what Daniel was saying in terms of being thought of as the expert and Patricia, you definitely hit it also. But when Daniel was saying what he said, it reminded me of somebody that I knew in the insurance world who said he wants a seat at the table, right? When somebody is looking at their insurance policy, right? They get the renewal notice. And they're looking at their policy. He wants a seat at the table with them 
to go over their existing policy, right? Your car insurance policy, as an example. Do you have the right protections in place? <coughs> and is it the best deal for what your needs are? There's companies out there. There are companies out there that are all about pay for what you need. But is that really the best insurance for your given situation? Will you be someone that they will take or are you going to be someone that they're going to decline because of past driving history? There's another insurance company that a famous athlete is associated with that seemed to be like the last resort. If you have a million tickets, points, whatever, and you needed it, you went there and they had to change their marketing now to say they've been around for 60 years insuring people of all different driving records and making it a valuable uh, company in terms of the way that they're looking at it from the thought leadership perspective because everything got messed up. But as it relates to going back to the thought leadership and this insurance person, having a seat at the table is really a way to look at thought leadership, right? Daniel was saying when the media needs somebody to quote in a piece, a talking head on television, having that person there to know I got to talk to him, I have to talk with her to get the perspective that is a way to look at thought leadership. Looking at sourcing material now, though, there's so many different areas, right? We spoke about a few, but when it comes to other ways to see, what are the public asking, right? What is the public talking about other than hashtags and things along those lines? Daniel, I know that you've got a couple of favorite go-tos to help you find some of these topics. So I'm just going to ask you, can you give us two, three uh, suggestions other than hashtags that may be of benefit? Yeah, and I know that we all have some kind of uh, some of our favorites, too. So I'm going to try not to take <laughs> someone else's suggestions here. Um, so some that I like to use, I like to use um, Ask the Public is a really good resource. You can type in a couple of keywords and um, Ask the Public is a website that will kind of aggregate um, different search engines. And so you can see what other people are typing in. Um, there are also some plugins that you can uh, plug into Chrome um, specifically. So you can see some of the things that people are typing in on a, a different keyword. So you can do a search for a keyword and then you can get additional keywords uh, that are being searched for. And I think that plugin now off the top of my head, I think it's just called keywords. I think if you look for that plugin, you'll find that, you know, honestly, um, Google itself is really good about helping out. So if you type in a keyword or two, a search item, Google will give you suggestions of what else to search for. So those are some good places that I like to go to see what people are talking about. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about search engines, um, you know, Yahoo does a good job of showing what's trending right now. Um, and you can get different trend data 
uh, from Google as well. So, and then of engine. course, there's Twitter's trending also. Yeah, yeah. That's so, just something else to keep in mind. But yeah, kind of around search engines. Ask the public kind of aggregates search engines, but search engines themselves are a good place to look. And Patricia, before we jump to you, I'm just going to throw in, look at your own website's analytics, right? If people are coming to you because of a particular keyword that they got to your site from, think about how you can expand on those keywords that are maybe the more obscure keywords. And I know that we spoke about search engine optimization and looking at keywords and long tail keywords, meaning that it's not just one word, it's a string of words together that can help in terms of adding more to get people to your page. But look at your own site's analytics and see what people are finding you from or through to get more of an idea on additional topics that you can talk about. And there's no such thing as giving too much information on a topic. You want the topic to be clear. You don't want it to be repeating the keyword over and over and over because that's just a turnoff to everybody and especially Google and the other search engines. But think about it from that perspective. So Patricia, with that said, what are some of your favorite tools to find what people are talking about? Um, I actually like using, um, like groups and forums. So like Facebook groups and you go in into, you know, an industry or a niche, um, group and you see what they're just, you just look at what they're talking about. Um, sometimes a lot of them are more networking. So like I go into my one, one of my construction ones and it's a lot of it is, Hey, I need somebody to do this, you know, in this part of, you know, the city. Um, that's all well and good, but you can sort some of that out and you look for the rants. What are they ticked off about? And you can also do searches on Google for forums. Yes, forums are still alive. <laughs> Even in the world of Facebook forms are still alive and and well and you just you just go so are there those uh icq chat rooms and whatever it was you know that are out there i mean I, if you're of a certain age you'll remember exactly what i mean there was something else though that something i see something it wasn't icq i don't think but whatever it was you know those chat uh spaces yeah. Yeah, um, I've, I've not yeah. been much in chat spaces. I'm, I, I tend to use forums more because in forums, you can go back in history. You can go back, you know, however many years the forum has been there. And you can see what people were talking about. And some of it's going to be still relevant. I mean, you, you need to verify that by looking at more current, you know, <laughs> topics. But, you know, so like I go into a construction forum and I see how they're grumbling about, you know, getting workers and keeping workers. And there are reasons that they have difficulty doing those things. <laughs> but so um, let me ask you, 
Let me ask you, as it relates to how you are looking at the forms to get the content, once you know the topic, obviously you're trying to then develop a piece around it to answer the specific concerns. So I'm going to ask you, Patricia, we're going to start with you to map out the process so that someone who's listening to our program today has an understanding. All right, so I find the problem. I do X, then I do Y, and then I do Z. So what is your process to help answer those particular pieces of content to develop that thought leadership and ultimately get business as a result? Right. So first we articulate really, really well what the problem is. So a problem has different parts. You've got symptoms. You have an underlying issue, which sometimes people are completely oblivious to. And then once you've figured out what the actual underlying issue is, then you can solve that issue. And in solving that issue, you've solved the symptoms. Sometimes if you're new to this kind of thing or new to an industry, new to a problem, it's gonna take you a while to actually figure out what the root problem is. Once you figure that out though, then you can bring in experts and, and you know, ask them the questions that you've been seeing people ranting about you know, and come up with a you know, intelligent, significant piece of content regardless of how you're going to then present that piece of content. Some people like to write, some people like to just record video, um, you know, and then you can start interviewing more of these people and, you know, come up with a, a, a real position that makes sense to your target audience and actually positions you as somebody for them to listen to. Thank you. Daniel, let me ask you, what is your process? Yeah, I really like what Patricia was talking about, uh, understanding the root cause of the problem versus the symptoms. One of the things I watch for now to answer your question, Jennifer, is I watch for people who are addressing the symptoms of the problem. So to try to be a, a thought leader myself, um, I try to look for areas where I can add additional value that no one else is adding. I look for places where uh, people are just putting out a lot of fluff, uh, a lot of cotton candy, uh, so they're not giving any real meat or any real solutions. Um, so I like to provide real solutions. Um, I like to look for areas where sometimes I can even be contrarian and say, hey, look, the, everybody is saying, this is the way that you should go. This is the way to get something done. There's actually a problem with that. <laughs> and here's what that is. Um, so I don't just digest other people's thoughts as I'm reading all of these articles, but I scan their articles very critically. I'm very critical when I'm reading someone else's content to find out what are they missing, uh, where have they not gone deep enough? And are they right? So those are some of the things that I look at uh, when I try to develop my own thought leadership strategies. 
So I just want to play on the symptoms and the cure, if you will. And if you think about it from the medical world, right, and I just really want to hit home the point. In the medical world, somebody has a long-term cough, right? So people are going to go to the doctor and they say, I've got a cough. And a doctor, a medical doctor, is likely going to prescribe some sort of cough medicine to get rid of the cough. Now, that is a symptom that somebody is dealing with. There may be a root cause, though, of why they have that long-term cough. And if you think about the difference between a medical doctor and an osteopathic doctor, an osteopath is going to look at the person as a whole and say, well, let's see where your lungs are and what's driving the lungs to have that cough. Is it a post-nasal drip that maybe if we saw the post-nasal drip, we'll get rid of it? Is it something else in the lung that's causing that cough? Or is it something else in general that's not even connected to the lung, but the cough is simply a result, take example, GERD, that can be causing a cough as well. And so when you really get to the root cause and you look at it from an osteopathic perspective, things start to be a lot different. And so that's exactly what Daniel and Patricia, you were saying really trying to dissect what is the underlying cause, not the symptom. So if it's in the construction field, they don't have the people working. Is the root cause the pandemic unemployment, um, additional unemployment benefit? Is it that it is 25 cents an hour? Is it whatever that underlying root cause may be, and how you can solve that particular issue. And so when you look at the specifics around an individual underlying root cause, now you can come out and you can give more commentary. And to take Daniel's contrarian perspective, I may say, listen, the unemployment benefit that everybody keeps talking about because of the pandemic unemployment assistance increased benefit, right, that PUA that was available for many, many months, I can actually take a contrarian perspective and say, I don't believe that that's still the underlying cause anymore because if you look at many states, they already got rid of the PUA in the beginning of the summer, Right? Many of the southern states and the Republican states especially, they got rid of the PUA back in June. And so to say that it's the PUA that's driving the train in terms of why we still have so many labor shortages when there's so many people that are out on unemployment, I have to backtrack and say I don't agree with that perspective. I have to say look at where the pandemic itself is and where parents are because they may have children under 12 who are unvaccinated. So how do you take care of those parents who need to go to work, but they can't be in an office environment or they can't be out in the field because they would be exposing their children to the possible virus?
because their children are not vaccinated, right? Now I've got a completely different area that I now need to come at in terms of, well, what can I do on the back end? In the construction field, quite honestly, there's very little that I can do if somebody can't be out there. But can they be doing project management remotely, right? Can they be doing generic site plans, looking at the various Google satellite tools to get me somewhere that they can help me do that? Can they be doing the back office support to be driving the help set as a GC, the general contractor, I don't have to be doing all of that work. Now, when you look at all of those pieces, now you start having a completely different way of looking where that thought leadership can be taking you. And now you can be providing actual resources and solutions as opposed to just copying what everybody else is doing, right? Sometimes it helps to listen to Fox News at the same time you're listening to CNN, MSNBC, and the other stations, right? You're getting a mix of the right-wing conservative and the left-wing liberal media to get where the true story is. Or there's an app, Ground News, which happens to show where all of the news is, and it gives you, here's the right, moderate, and liberal uh, pieces so you know where the news stories are actually coming from. And you can then see where the media's biases are in figuring out where the various stories are. And so as we look at thought leadership, look at what you're doing in the world from having specific pieces there and what you can do as we move forward. So in wrapping up, though, on our thought leadership and searching for content to develop to become that thought leader, let me start with you, Patricia. What are your final thoughts? on the topic of developing content to be a thought leader? Well, first off, I'm glad that we had this conversation because it helped me focus in on some things that I should be doing and haven't been, but can very easily do. <laughs> See, there you go. What else Devoted to your success. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah, there's, I've got a list in my head of things that I'm going to do now. Get it down before. on paper before you forget. Oh, yeah. See, we're growing our businesses while we're helping you grow yours. <laughs> See that? There you go. So, Daniel, let me uh, ask you your final thoughts on content and thought leadership. Well, I, I'm going to say this also kind of tongue in cheek. Um, so, you know, take this for what it is, <laughs> anyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, so I was talking about um, how I prefer not to address symptoms. I like to go after root causes. Um, but then, Jennifer, as you were talking about the same thing, it occurred to me, you know, that there's a possibility of building a continuity business model based on only addressing symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what the medical world is. I mean, look at the pharmaco pharmacology, pharmacological uh, process, right? You get on one maintenance drug, 
and they know they got you for life, right? Because not only do they have you for life on that maintenance drug, they get you all the side effects that are going to come as a result of that symptom that you're taking that medication for. So having that continuity model, Daniel, and just addressing the symptoms, because there's side effects that come out as a result of the symptoms, right? A business can't afford to have the financing needs that it's got in the business because it doesn't have the employees because they can't get the business to get the jobs done. So they're running out of money. So now you come up, well, you address the symptom of that, and then you address the financing needs, and then you address the fact that they have too much debt. How do you get out of debt? And then you just keep moving along and seeing how that works. But, you know, in all seriousness, though, when we look at just thought leadership, there's tons of possibilities out there how you can drive that train. So let me ask you, though, what's your final thought in driving that train? Well, so we've spent a lot of time talking about how you can educate yourself and how you can begin to develop your own thought processes to become a thought leader, to be that go-to expert that both the, uh, the public, um, that publications come to, and uh, specifically that your ideal uh, future customers would come to, would try to seek out. I would say the, the most important thing is it's, it's not enough just to train your mind to be a thought leader. Uh, what good is it if all that information just stays in your head? You have to get it out somehow. You have to publish it somehow. You have to nurture relationships so that people know you are that expert. So whether that's seeking out uh, different places to speak, uh, looking for speaking platforms, whether that's publishing on your own blog, whether that's um, looking for um, um, reporters who are writing on a topic. So uh, we haven't even talked about um, help a reporter out or um, another uh, source called Quoted, uh, where reporters are asking for experts to help them. Um, you have to get it out of your head to truly be a thought leader. I'm glad you remember those sites, Daniel. Thank you. Um, Here's another great idea, just when you mentioned publications and what have you. When you're online in the supermarket, you see all those magazines. What are the headlines on the magazines? Do you get your own magazines to your house, right? The same thing. What are the headlines? And it doesn't matter if it's National Enquirer, which is the sensational headline. And by the way, if you're not looking at that from a marketing perspective, please seriously start doing because they've got unbelievable content. Why do people buy the magazine? Because the headline sells. Putting that aside though. So if the magazine is Vogue, Vanity Fair, uh, Cosmo, yes, I read Cosmo or, um, ARP or any other publication, there are so many different topics out there that you can be looking at to get ideas where you can springboard your own content to be a thought leader. And like Daniel was saying, whether it's guest blogging, guest podcasting, getting on stages, right? OPP, other people's platforms is a great way to boost your own uh, credibility and your own visibility and that thought leadership aspect. Think about where you can continue offering value. 
But here's the thing that you really want to make sure you do. Under-promise, over-deliver. When you under-promise and over-deliver to the places that you are a guest on their platform, you are going to be gaining so much more value from that place, whether it's a, a guest blog, guest podcast, a speaking opportunity, all of these places love people who really over-deliver on value, right? It's a value that the audience walks away with that is going to be that most incredible piece of content or the most incredible piece of value that you can deliver, and it boosts your thought leadership dramatically. There's companies out there that sell thought leadership services, right? They start five, $10,000 per quarter and go up from there in terms of helping you be seen as a thought leader. I happen to be good friends with some of those providers and I'm not going to call them out, but I'm also not trying to take away business. But think about though what you can do on your own. We spent the last 40 or so minutes talking about thought leadership, where you can find ideas to get the content, to really drive the message home and get people to see you as that talking head, as that expert. So as we wrap up our conversation today, really pay attention to the various opportunities that you have to be seen as a thought leader, to be seen as someone who's delivering that incredible amount of content that is valuable and going to lead to other people's success. With that, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.